Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Today we are jumping across to the west coast of the USA, Seattle to be specific, to chat with our middle distance gun, Carissa Nelson. Now if you don't know Carissa Nelson, she's a, she's a 204 800 meter runner, she's a 404 1500 meter runner. She's got her eyes set on making her uh, her debut at the World Champs later on this year over 1500 meters. So I wanted to reach out to her because I'd seen a couple of interviews with her and I just liked the energy that she threw out. She was positive, she was up and about, she seemed relaxed but had a real good focus on her running scene. So I'd watched a couple of interviews of her on YouTube, saw a couple of her races and I thought, all right, I've at least got to invite her because uh, she's bringing too much quality to the table not to uh, not to be welcomed onto the Relaxed Running Podcast. And hey, it was certainly a, uh, a real treat. She was so easy to talk to, very up and about very bubbly, very fun, and uh, also has some real nuggets of wisdom, both you know in the running scene and beyond. So uh, it was an hour of fun for me. We got a couple of little random rabbit holes, which I enjoyed. I'm sure you'll enjoy them as well. I hope you do. Otherwise, uh, just skip forward. You know, you get back to the running parts. But uh, hey, really, really fun conversation. So just before we get into it, just wanted to remind you that we have eight spaces left in the running coaching program. So I'm not sure if you've already heard, but uh, as of the start of this year, I decided to take on a maximum of 20 athletes, regardless of the, the level that you're at in your running performance. If you need a coach, you don't have a coach, you're looking for a, you just need a little bit of guidance, go to relaxrunning.com, hit the coaching tab, have a look at, at what I offer. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, we can, uh, you know, we can work together to take you from where you're at now towards the goals that you're trying to achieve in your running. So uh, relaxrunning.com and then hit the coaching tab. But hey, that's enough from me. Let me introduce to you uh, to the show for the very first time, middle distance star, Carissa Nelson. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. So what was, uh, what did you get up to? You just said before I hit record that you were, you were stuck in traffic. Are you coming home from a session or, or where have you been this afternoon? No, no, it's our, one of my teammates, Lori's birthdays. So she's also gluten-free. So Seattle's like the perfect place for her to have her birthday party. Because literally the place we went, it was all like molten chocolate cakes. And it was all gluten-free. Like there was no gluten option. And that's Seattle for you. Like it's a great place to be if you have some weird food thing. So. Oh my gosh. See, I've got, I've got a, a brother-in-law who lives in, in Port. Uh, he lives in, uh, in Oregon, actually in Medford. But a couple of times we uh, we went into Portland, and it sounds like you're given similar vibes from Seattle. Is it is it that kind of is it that kind of vibe? Like you've got like really wanky coffee choices and really wanky food choice. It sounds as though it could just be Melbourne in America. Yeah, well, it's it, Portland's like next level. Like I'd say Seattle's a place where everyone can go, but Portland's like a, if you're. I'm from Alabama, but I'm not a typical Alabamian, but like an Alabamian could survive in Seattle. They would hate Portland so much. <laughs> They'd be like, what the hell is this? Or the fuck is my burger? Sorry. <laughs> it's so good. It's so, yeah, is that right? Okay. So it's a, it's funny. I'm from a, uh, I'm from a place in, in, in Victoria called, in Australia called Gippsland, which is sort of country Victoria. And I feel really? a lot of country Victorians would, would have that same sentiment as like the Alabamians of uh just looking for a burger rather than like a, a soy decaffeinated flat white yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably they don't even i promise you they don't even know what that is like if you went to my town in rural alabama you asked for a soy decaffeinated white they'd be like 
what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> we have coffee. <laughs> Is that what you want? <laughs> it's have pretty you... That's so funny. Have you been in Seattle for long? Yeah, so I've been here for two and a half years. Wait, just just over two and a half years, but I'm probably leaving soon, which is sad. But like, you know, this just sometimes whenever you have new business opportunities, you have to leave. So I don't know when I'll leave either like in March or the summer, but I'm pretty bummed. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So where are you, where are you heading back to or where are you heading off to? Uh, well, it's not official yet, so I haven't signed any papers, but um, yeah, I don't know if they'd want me saying it right now, to be honest. No, fair enough. No, play it safe. Play it safe. Otherwise, yeah, it'll be yeah. everyone. Play it safe with the new team, because I started out on the wrong foot with Brooke, so I really want to start out well with this new company. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so you're moving. Okay, awesome. So you got a, a, a new sponsor without going too far into it. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. That's good. That's good. Now, you're a smart woman playing it very safe. So how long would you say you've been in, in Seattle for, for two and a half years? Mm-hmm, two and a half years. You moved up there for your running? Yeah. So I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, Brooks offered me a contract. And, you know, I've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. So I was like, yes, Seattle, that's where I want to be. You know, and I didn't I didn't meet McDreamy. I only got McDepressed. And that's, <laughs> that's my line. <laughs> well, you didn't enjoy it. Oh, no, I did. I just hated it in the beginning because... I was here for a couple months and then COVID hit. So like oh, no. I'm in this new place and I literally can't make, I can't hang out with anyone because Seattle's a place I was and rightfully so very strict about COVID. So like I get here, I'm here for like three months trying to like adjust. But at the same time, I made a lot of mistakes in that adjustment period, which I'll, just, I'll surface level. Like I tore my hamstring at a Halloween party and I lost an internship. Like as soon as I moved there and then COVID hit. So it was just like, it was back-to-back hits. <laughs> That's really right. That sounds like a good Halloween party, though. What happened there? Oh, it was incredible. You know, I, well, I just got, I literally, I hadn't even moved to Seattle for a week. And I was like, how do I prove myself to my new friends? I was like, <laughs> sick dance move. Like, that's that has to be the only way. So I'm out here double-fisted. And I'm like, I'm wearing an average Joe's jersey. That's my costume. <laughs> I was like, the cherry on top. And I'm like, I look at my friend now and I'm like, watch this. I do this move where I like crisscross, crisscross, down, up, like down into the splits and up. <laughs> and I come up and I'm just like, I've got to go home. And it's like, it's only 10 o'clock at this point. So it was, it wasn't the best start. Oh my gosh. At least you went out with style. So did you make the full split or was it a, what you got halfway oh, down and then the hammer no, no. went? I made the full split. Like my ass hit the ground and I came back up. And That's uh, actually, that, yeah. I'd done it at my sister's wedding like two months before, but that was in Alabama and we were in Oregon. So it was just a little bit colder. (laughs) Didn't work out. Didn't quite make it that time. That's so impressive. At least, yeah, it would have been more embarrassing. I would have got halfway down and done the hammy. So at least you had, uh, at least you fully (laughs) committed to the cause. No, well done. Well done. So what's that? A hamstring. That's a, that's about six weeks out of action. Is it? Or four weeks out of action. It was a, it was a pretty bad tear. So I was out of action for six weeks, but also I had just, gotten off my break so it's like I just I just taken a month off and then I just started building again I'd take another six week off so essentially I like took three weeks off yeah that's and that was the start to my pro career so it was a bit rocky (laughs) (laughs) well that's the first uh, that's the first couple of months with Brooks was it yeah uh Garrett did you know Garrett Heath uh no actually He's a guy on the team, and he's, he told me he beat Mo Farah once in a cross country race, and that's like claim to fame. But he uh, 
he told me he did not think I was going to make it through my school contract. Like he thought full and well, I would get kicked off the team. <laughs> what? So you got a reputation for being a bit of a party girl, have you? What causing a little bit of, a little bit of trouble. I mean, that's what happens when you go to a Baptist college. Like you just kind of break out of your shell after college. Like it wasn't even after high school. It was after college when I saw the light. I was like, Oh, this is what life is like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, Alabama, fairly conservative, huh? So you get out into the uh, the big wide world and you start causing a little more trouble. A little bit, a little bit. Because, you know, I'm, I mean, at a Baptist college, like I was actually the rebel at the Baptist college, you know, because I, sometimes I miss church on Sunday. So I was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but then I came to Seattle and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not, I'm not the baddie anymore. Well, I got to, I got to step up my game, you know? Oh, that's and, so uh, funny. Stepped it up a little too too far and tore oh my gosh yeah i reckon uh, i reckon that's a perfect way to start developing friendships though just to be the talk of the town like do you hear about carissa just bringing out the split to night one here in seattle four <laughs> weeks out with an injury that's uh that's hardcore that's a good story you said um you said what you just finished like a uh your end of season break do you at the end of each season are you are you a pretty big fan of taking a few weeks completely off i am so i usually in college i took two weeks off because we had cross country and since I started my pro career, I really like two to three weeks off because things just get so much more intense. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, whenever running is the only thing you do, like, you become super hyper obsessed, which is like bad and good. Like, I don't, I can't really speak for my time at Brooks because I was injured the whole time. So I don't know how the training would have worked for me. Like, this is the first time I've been healthy with their training. So we'll see, like, with this upcoming season. But, um, yeah what was the original question uh what did i i was asking about whether or not the um the end of season break something you do on a like a, an annual basis because I, I sort of flirted yeah. with a couple of end of season breaks and i was just curious to know what that looks like for you yeah so after outdoor season i'll take like a three-week break and if i have an injury then i'll take like a four-week break so there's a couple four-week breaks because i had really bad uh bursitis or some achilles issue but this past year i only took think three weeks off yeah no and is that completely off the first two are but the third week's like you kind of become a hobby jogger you run like every other day for like 20 minutes like you know what the retired life would look like <laughs> yeah beautiful that was sort of uh it's interesting you say that because I, I haven't i haven't ran competitively now since 2013 i think was my last season but uh mm-hmm. like towards the end of my running career i'd get to about uh like so the end of track season over here i always like to take two weeks completely off or i trialed that for a little while and i don't know how you find it but one of the things i often notice is if i took two weeks completely off and then got back into any form of hard running it was just it was just a it was an embarrassment trying to get back out and get my body back into action it was just a, a i feel like i responded better off maybe like that every other day running mm-hmm no, it's because being out of shape is horrible. Like, I understand why regular people hate running so much. Like, unless unless you actually train, running sucks. Like, if you're not used to it, it's horrible. So, yeah, I take my two weeks off and I start running again. And I really don't like running. Like, I'm excited to get back, but every run is so difficult. Because I swear, like, I don't know how, but, like, I've doubled my body weight and I just forgot how to run. <laughs> I'm like, is this, I was like, is this how regular people feel when they run? Like, Jesus, no wonder why they hate it. Like, I would do it too. That's so funny. That's so funny. It's interesting you say that as well, because one question I get a lot is, is, so we've got, it's like a broad range of people who listen to this podcast. Some are brand new. And it's always interesting hearing the brand new people 
reach mm-hmm. out and ask questions like, hey, Tice, I've, I've been running now for a few weeks. Uh, some days I just absolutely hate it. Like, am, yeah. is that just evidence that I'm not a runner? And it's like, look, <laughs> trust me, just like anything else, you're going mm-hmm. to have days where you absolutely hate being out there and running. But actually, I'm going to steal a quote from you because I was reading an article um, or a, like a, an interview of, of yours. And I liked your little analogy, just talking about those days of being like money in the bank. You don't necessarily yeah. feel like being out there, but um, if you can just be disciplined enough to get out, put the money in the bank, you know, store something up, it's uh, it's beneficial in the long run, despite the fact it feels horrific on that day. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're gaining value. The values, it's going up. It's just, you might not feel it until later on. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a good point. That's definitely yeah, always- how I feel. Yeah, running, it always tends to sort of reward those who are super consistent, hey, or just keep showing up month on month on month. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if it was such a, like a just a, a one-day result where you could turn around, you do your training. Oh, yeah. anywhere. That'd be, uh, I feel like the, the running scene would be so much bigger if it was yeah, uh, a it game would, like that. That would be a great change, actually. I mean, not, not really, but like to grow the sport. <laughs> yeah, that's right, overnight results. So what yeah. are you? What phase of your training are you in at the moment? I've seen you've you've had a couple of races and you've had a couple of uh, what was it, an eight hundred and a fifteen hundred in the indoor. Yeah, eight hundred and a fifteen hundred. They were both like pretty slow races, but I also like to point out I am a very serious runner. It's just in the fall, like I do loosen up a lot. But uh, yeah, so my eight hundred was in Albuquerque, and it was literally just me and Lori, our under other eight hundred girl, and then all these other people who were like college. So they were running slow, two ten or slower. So I knew that I had to go out really hard if I wanted to run a good eight. So I go out and I run like 60 by myself, nobody behind me. I felt like, like literally by myself. And then like Lori got me at the very end, but it was a tough race. I, I felt like it was a time trial because there's no one around me, but uh, Danny was happy with it. So if the coach says it's a good one, then you just take it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's good. So 60 seconds by yourself. That's not mucking around. That's a, uh... That's pretty serious. But what have you run for 800? Uh, I've run 204.5, I think. But that day was a 206 because going out in 60 by yourself, you, you pay the price later. It was like 60.2 and 65.8. It was it was a tough one and really tough. That's tough. Yeah. Now, 800 by yourself. Always, if you can have a group of girls around you or a group of athletes around you, um, just for that first, like, it's amazing how much easier a 60 seconds can exactly. feel. Like I've had a couple of races. I was more sort of three, five K, but the, the 800 mm-hmm. I did, I was always lucky enough not to be the fastest bloke in the field. So I always got dragged <laughs> around, but at like, over nice. here, we call it, we call it interclub. So if we had like an interclub race where, you know, it might've had a couple of guys running 205 or 210 or whatever. I know that mm-hmm. I've had, a, I've, I've dabbled in that scene of, of trying to maintain a pace by yourself it's a uh, it's a tough gig so so what's the plan for you now like you're obviously uh, the season's just getting started for you the indoor season is it, is yeah. it just a bit of a laying of foundation or, or like whereabouts in your training and sort of your headspace you're in now for the for the next couple of months yeah so right now I'm pretty locked in but I'm not all the way locked in so I personally can only like maintain being hyper locked in for like three months max and then I like I start like losing self-discipline and falling apart like there's cracks in my headspace i suppose so right now like i really wanted a good indoor season but it wasn't the main point like outdoors is everything so i was a little risky with indoors we had a one-shot race for the 1500 to make usas i don't think i got in uh it was a slow race jessica hole was in it as well she ran like 411 and i finished behind her in a 414 so we went out pretty slow but 
Yeah, I'm pacing a race this weekend, but next the next weekend, if I don't get into USA's, I'll do a race in BYU, and then maybe one more. But like I said, indoors is kind of just, it's important, but it's more preparing for, it's like a practice round for what's most important, which is outdoor season. Sure. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. Four fourteen off a slow race isn't mucking around. Like you're obviously in in pretty good form. Like Jess Hull, I know the last two seasons or the last two years, she's just sort of blown everyone's mind over here, probably over there as well. Oh, um, definitely, wait, definitely. Chris, am I coming through echoey? I don't know if it's just uh, if I've got like no. a weird little echo in my. It could just be my headphones, but I just wanted to ask in case uh, it was doing your head in. But if it's not, I can just keep going because I wasn't sure whether it was going to be horrific and you were noticing it. No, it's not. It's definitely not I you. Wasn't. So don't worry. Well, I should put on my headphones if you think it's me. No, it's definitely not you. I could just hear it's like this weird little echo, and I thought it might have been my headphones, but I was just making sure it's only me that it's annoying and it's not you. Because I thought if it's annoying you as well, it's going to annoy everyone else. But um, I'll, maybe I'll just swap this headphone. Oh, no, no, it's good. not annoying me. I grew up with a little sister. I'm, it takes a lot to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> She was right. I've thrown you on a little tangent there. Um, we're just saying, yeah. So, so Jess is and yourself are obviously in some some pretty decent form then, because four fourteen off a relatively slow indoor race is uh is great running for indoors, yeah. Because I think that can reach like a four thirty two, which isn't a really impressive time. But we went out in thirty five. That's seventies for four hundred. That's a jog, and we had a pacer. I was like, come on, guys, like let's go. And but it's kind of like, well, I'm not gonna take it. You take it. I'm not gonna take it. You take it. End up being the Spider-Man meme of everyone like pointing at each other, like, okay, who's gonna take this? <laughs> so what happened with the pacemaker? What they just got muddled up with the time. No, the pacemaker went out well. Nobody wanted to go with her. Oh. And like I'm trying to build my confidence here. So I'm like, I'm not going. Like I sacrificed myself two weeks ago by taking out 860. Like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> like I want to race. <laughs> I thought you meant the pacemaker went out in 35. I thought, oh man, they're at the uh, they're at the wrong race. They're at the wrong meet. It should be a yeah, primary no. school meet. Yeah, they're like, wait, no, this is this is professional. This is not high school. But uh, no, she she went out fine. Just nobody went with her because you know once the pacer drops, that automatically makes you in the lead. So nobody wanted to have that lead position once she dropped. Yeah. Okay. Does your um does your training change much uh throughout the season? Or I'm always interested to know because I, I reckon usually like Americans from, from what I can tell and from the friends of, of mine who have spent time over there, you guys, I reckon have like a, a bit of a different structure in a lot of senses to what yeah. we have over here. Like your, your long runs. I, I follow a few people on Strava and the long runs of like the American college students are insanely fast. Whether over here, uh, like the long runs, are, they're a little bit more tapered. They're a little bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And i got a mate, I don't know if you, you know the name Craig Huffer. He, um, he ran for I think it was Adam State maybe mm -hmm. he, ran, he ended up running like at 336 uh, but just got smacked with uh smacked with injuries and stuff which was a, a bummer but one of the things I noticed when he got to the states as well from mm -hmm. Australia was his long runs just all all of a sudden became like threshold runs so are you yeah. a, like what's the what's the go with your sort of approach to the longer the longer running scene are, are you a are you a bit of a hey let's lift the pace and go for it or is that like a recovery kind of aerobic, easy sort of day for you? It's definitely not an easy day, but it's also changed with different coaches that I've had. Like I had four coaches in college. My first coach didn't care about the long run. My second coach, he, he thought of it as a recovery run. He was like, it's just time on feet. Like, just do that. But then my last two coaches in college were like, it's a progression run. So I'd like get down to 638 average, which I'm honestly not a big, like I don't run that fast on long runs compared to other girls, but that was fast for me. 
And then my one of my teammates, Marla, she's gone like six, six ten pace average for a long run once. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like <laughs> that would be the, such a hard workout for me. But um, Danny kind of looks at it as, as how you feel, which I really like a lot. So like, mm. if you're feeling really bad, take it easy. But if you feel like you want to get after it a little, get after it a little. But he definitely doesn't want us to smash it because when you crush a long run really hard on Sunday, like it really screws you up for Tuesday at least in my experience. So he tries oh, to like, hold us back from absolutely crushing it. But some of the guys on the team are just so aerobically, like their threshold for aerobic stuff pain-wise is so high. Like you have guys who are running, I don't know, I honestly don't know how fast they run, but like five, t- 10 pace average for a long run. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm over here. Like that would kill me. Yeah, for the girl equivalent, like, that would kill me. It's just like mentally longer stuff is really difficult for me. But for some people the longer runs like they almost find a sort of like meditation and being at that threshold whereas i'm like i'm dying i'm very aware that i have 10 miles left and i'm not happy about it (laughs) (laughs) how long are your long runs usually uh they're 14 miles usually 14 what's that 8 16 so i'm trying to do the conversion what is that uh that's like 22 22 k's i don't know if you know kilometers at all dear i think that's 22 k's sorry to any american listeners who actually know <laughs> that conversion off the top of, i probably butchered it no 22 k we, we can do this because 5k is three so oh you work it out different you know okay so what i do so five five miles is eight kilometers so what did you say 14 so that's eight 16 16 3.2 6.4 yes yeah, like 22 and a half k i think or 23 k maybe Take my you know, word for it. Just I'm don't a big check it. Person. Don't check it. Okay. Don't. I've said it with so much confidence. I don't want you to check it and realize that my confidence was all fake and I've just made well, up. Yeah. A... Let me take out. Let me take out my scientific calculator here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my closet. You're lucky. I got away with it. Sorry. I took you on a. Uh, I took you on a random detour before. I was going to ask you about how your training varies throughout the uh, throughout the course of a year, and I got stuck on the long run. So over yeah. here, I don't know. Do you know Nick Bedeau? I don't think so. No, nah, Nick Bedeau, he coaches the likes of um, like Stewie McSwain and, and the top, that top batch of Aussie runners. And I've heard uh, Stewie. Yeah, yes, I, I thought you might have. I thought you yeah, might yeah, have. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's really kicked on, but he, uh, he's got a, an interesting approach. Like Stewie ran 331 a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And when he ran 331, he was telling me that none of, none of his training had been faster than 60 second for 400 meter pace i was like dude what are you talking about what he's like yeah he's like no i would uh so for him i think the vibe i get or from what i understand he's doing like 130 to 160k so what's that like 100 miles a lot of the weeks of the year and then even when it comes to even when it comes to that really fast races at like the the 1500s he seems to have this awesome capacity just to be able to go all right let's just go like we'll just run it whatever 330 pace is and it just, whereas I was the opposite when I was running 1500, like I ran 349. So I was nowhere near the level he was at, but my, my approach was like, I always felt like I needed some really fast 200s just so when I got out to start running 15s, that mm-hmm. pace felt like psychologically, at least a little bit easier. So, and then you've got the flip side of that, like the flip side of the stories where 1500 meter runners are coming from pretty much just speed work. So I'm always fascinated to know, as like a, a middle distance girl or a middle distance mm-hmm. runner, like what that play between speed and distance looks like throughout the course of a year. Yeah. So I think 
that. There's a lot of different ways to get to the same place. You just have to play whatever works best for the athlete. Like everyone likes to pretend like there's, oh, this one training or this one coach who knows exactly what he's doing and everything's great. But it's like, no, like it's, it's just about like working hard and being efficient. And there's a lot of ways to get there. So it's like, you have to be work smart, hard and consistently. Cause mm. if you mess up any of those, you're screwed. So you just have to do that. <laughs> but um, for me, I think I work best. It's like, I'm, I do 65 miles a week. And for our, so t- yesterday we did a four mile tempo. And so when we take the longer stuff like that, we always end with something fast. So we're not always doing speed work, but if we do something like four mile tempo, we'll end with like one hundredths under 15 seconds. So I did like nice. six, five hundredths under 15 seconds. So it's always, and I really like that. I think it's really important to do quick work when you're tired because that's basically what a kick is. That's so true. Yeah, that's so a really that's, good point. Yeah, it's like you, you and one hundredths are so easy. Like your effort level for the day is not going to be that much higher if you do 100 meter sprints unless you're actually all out but like the point is to just run fast yeah no i always like that especially after a long run just because you see the uh, you see the marathon runners who have been in the scene for years and years and years and they've just they've nailed that marathon shuffle like they've got that little shuffle just yeah. down to a, but then you say sprint they go i don't understand the concept I, like i don't understand what you're trying to say so that's nice I, that's one thing i do with a lot of the athletes i work with as well is is just try and inject some of that short sharp stuff because i'm a i'm a huge yeah. believer in that that nice little balance 65 miles a week is solid that's a that's a that's a pretty solid uh routine Honestly, I'm kind of rounding up. I think it's more around 60. Like every once in a while, I'll hit 65 and be like, whoa, I'm at 65. Big mileage hog here. But no, it's probably closer to 60. And are you doing most of your running with your training group or do you do a a lot of it by yourself? No, I do it with the training group. But I don't know if I could be in running if I didn't have a training group, to be honest. Um, But we meet every single day of the week except for Wednesday and Saturday. And Sunday's optional, but nobody wants to run a long run by themselves unless they're no psycho. Way. So we always meet up. Yeah, beautiful. And what, do you, what did you guys have on the, on the schedule today? Or was it just focused on party today? Like there was no training involved? <laughs> no, no parties. No parties anymore. <laughs> but um, we, uh, today was like a recovery day. And one of my favorite things about Danny is one time I was talking to him, I was like, Danny, like I'm tired, like, how slow is too slow? And he's like, there's no such thing. And I'm like, Whoo! so I was literally going nine minute pace yesterday for my double. And I did not care. It's tough though, to let people run by you who, you know, aren't athletes. You're just like, I swear I'm good. Just, just show up to practice <laughs> tomorrow. Like, I know you're dropping me now, but I could destroy you, you know, Cause we're, we're competitive. So when you get passed on green Lake by some rando, you're just like, shit, like, it's so true. It's so funny. I um, so I've I feel like maybe Danny and I have a similar training approach because I'm a really I'm a really big fan of that uh, of just running at a pace that you'd be embarrassed to see be seen running at. Like that's that's the pace I'll I tell people. A hundred percent. But it, it was so funny to uh to hear you talk about what it feels like having someone run past you. I often have that. Like I live in a little coastal town here, in uh, in Victoria, and there's not a whole heap of runners, and the people who are running are much older. So I go yeah. like, like go for a run uh, along the beach over here, and sometimes I'll have like a maybe like a forty-five year old lady come past me, and I have the same attitude. I go, "Oh mate, I could I could smash you in a race." Like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. she runs past with this little strut, like, hey, "Good job, keep going." An oh, old mate. lady. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, come on. Someone's grandma really did be you. Seriously. Seriously. You should start handing out cards for people who pass. You'd be like, here, come meet me at this time, this place, and we'll see who the real champ is. (laughs) I'll have a rest day before the race and everything. Yeah. Oh man, no, that's so funny. So, so at the moment, so you're obviously you've given us a bit of an overview on the fact that uh, it's not the most important time of the season. It's just a, a like a really essential time to, I guess, just get rid of the rust, like get prepped for that that yeah, main yeah. season, which is the outdoor stuff. Have you got anything on the uh, on the horizon that you're aiming for? Like, are you eyeing off world champs at the end of the year, or what are you sort of working towards on the outdoor season? I mean, obviously, making world champs would be phenomenal. Like, that's always the goal. It's just right now, it's, I'm taking it one step at a time. Like, you can never let go of your, like, real goal. But one thing that's really important is, like, not to hyper-obsess on that. Like, I love the process of running, like, the everyday training of going with my teammates. And, like, right now, my goal is every day just, like, check off all the boxes and enjoy my life. Mm. But it's all going towards that one thing of like, yeah, I want to make the world championship team. Like that's anyone who's in the sport who doesn't like the goal is not to do that. They sh- they're hobby joggers. Like yeah. that should be your goal. But uh, it's obviously going to be very tough. Like the Americans, if you want to make a team, you have to be running four flat or faster. And I believe I can do it. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's the goal. That's, That's awesome. the dream. That's all. Yeah, you guys, you guys have some fast girls at the moment, don't you? Like, who have you got running under under four right now? You must have like three or three or four girls, would you? So I, I don't, I don't know about Shelby. So technically, Shelby Houlihan can run under four, but I don't know. That's a non-issue, I suppose. But uh, also, Josette Norris, she was huge breakout last year. She ran like a ten-second PR in three fifty-eight, and obviously. I know who, Eleanor Courier. She also is running under four minutes. And then you, we have a lot of girls running four flat and four oh one. Who was the uh, Who was the chick who? I think she won the Olympics. Like it's embarrassing that I can't remember her name. I think she won it over eight hundred. Is it like At- Atumu or? I think, I think, oh, don't make me did say I, it on the spot. Did I, I say it right? I, I want to say Atumu. Atumu. I, I just called her Atumu, which is horrific. Atumu. So, Atumu. That is definitely wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, that's way worse. Than that. I, hope, I hope he never hears this. <laughs> I was about to invite her on as well. I'm going to have to figure that out. That's so yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, you need to figure out her name before. How embarrassing. See, my last name is Popplestone, so I feel like I can throw a little bit of dirt at people with strange last names because I've copped it my whole life. So it's maybe just like built up tension and frustration. I just start just, just destroying names like that just out of spite. <laughs> Not because I actually don't know <laughs> <laughs> but she won the um the, 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 moo let's just call it, let's just say moo because i know that's a part of it yeah. she won the 800 didn't she in uh yeah she did. in tokyo and is she running around in 1500 at all or is she more focused just on the eight she's done a she's done a mile and a fifth she's done the mile twice one time she ran like 435 solo i believe and then she dropped out of uh milrose i believe oh okay yeah, 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 sure. Man, some serious, uh, it's some serious talent. It sounds like you've got a nice, relaxed approach to the sport, though. Like, it's a, it's a really, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know the, uh, the distance running scene, from my experience, it's a very OCD scene where people can get caught up on every, like, minute detail, trying to, um, you know, just plan every step of the way. And there's just so many variables that, that mm-hmm. can throw you out. So I feel as though you're, you've got like a, or you seem to have a really healthy approach to the sport, like not taking it, so seriously where you know you're just going to get depressed if you have an off day 
but yeah. seriously enough that you can rock up to training. That's another thing that Stuart McSwain, just to reference another Aussie guy, um, he, he's great at. Like he has a reputation over here, uh, like amongst. I trained with him when he was a lot younger, and even the group mm-hmm. that he's training with right now say he's just the most relaxed customer going around. Like it, there's not yeah. a lot that can throw him out. And there's such a correlation. I always say this, but there seems to be such a correlation between the quality of athlete and how relaxed they are. Like Usain Bolt was always a oh, incredible yeah. example, wasn't he? Just standing on the start line and looking like he didn't have a care in the world. And it's like the 100 mm-hmm. meters Olympic final. Does that? Do you feel like that's a, a pretty good description? Are you a fair description, or, or like are you a little bit uh, under the surface? You can, you know, you can you can get a little bit more worked up than than what you might let let out. Yeah, I can get pretty worked up. It's like, it's changed throughout my life. Like in college, I was pretty intense about running, but I also be like that person cracking jokes on the start line because I was so nervous. But the <laughs> thing is, I also had like school, like I'm really passionate about biochemistry and trying to go to medical school. So like I had running, but I also had school. And another thing with college is I was always successful. So I never had to deal with like doing worse. And that's been a really hard change in the pro world is like, all I had was running. So I was one of those people who was really intense. Like if I had a bad race, I was really low in the dumps, but also I never really experienced bad races in college. Like this is the first time in my life that I've experienced failure, which is awesome. But also it was really hard to manage. Cause I'm like, wait, I'm doing bad. Like that's not me. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And so I would get like really hyper-focused because I am the kind of person who I'm relaxed on the outside, but on the inside, I'm, I'm pretty intense. Like, I'm like, I want to be the greatest. I'm going to do everything I can to be the greatest. Like, I'll put someone's name in my head. I'm like, I'm going to beat this girl. But I also like to keep it relaxed because, you know, I just don't like being super intense around people. Yeah. So I would say I was intense last year, but I was so, being intense and having success is fine. Like, if, if you're being really intense and micromanaging and you're doing well, like, you don't feel bad about it because it's working out. Mm. but when I started like having failure and I was being super intense I was miserable because I I only liked running because I was good at it and I had to learn how to like running for the sport like last summer I had to decide like okay like I need to find a way to love running besides just being good at it because I am experiencing failure right now and I still PR but it's still like I'm not top so I was like I gotta find another way to love it or I gotta leave it and I found another way to love it. And so things are going great now. And that's why I'm so much more relaxed. It's like, if I'm super intense all the time and I have this failure and running is the only thing in my life, I like shoot downhill. So now I have a lot of other stuff in my life and I'm just more relaxed. So I'm like, I just want to be happy. Honestly, I just want to enjoy my life. And I didn't in 2021 or 2020, I wasn't depressed, but I wasn't loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's sounds why like- I'm so relaxed. Say that again. Sorry. I said, so that's why I'm so relaxed now. Yeah, like, well, no, that's, I just want to be happy. That's really cool. Okay, I think it's interesting to hear you say that, like, that has been a little bit of a work in progress because I know it's easy to look at a person like yourself who's just super bubbly and super up and about, and people go, "Oh, she's just got it all together." But I'm always fascinated to know how you, how people like you yeah. maintain that that real level of joy. And it sounds like you've, um, you know, maybe a little bit of it's natural, but a lot of it's been worked towards. So, like when you said, uh, you just you just mentioned that. Uh, you had to find a way to enjoy your running, which was, um, you know, not based in necessarily just dominating every single race. What was yeah. that? Because you mentioned that you did find a way to enjoy it outside of that that mindset. Yeah, so I'd say after the outdoor season, I was pretty down. And I was like, honestly, I just want to go to medical school and try and become a doctor. Like, that's going to make me really happy. But 
I, I was in a bad place. And it's like, you really shouldn't make a decision when you're in a bad place. So I went on vacation and it was a cruise, typical American. I know, I know <laughs> all you see, oh, it was great. <laughs> but um, I just had so much fun, like letting go. I also found out that I'm a perfectionist. So I've made all these rules in my head that I needed to do to be better. And it was like an endless list. Cause as you get older, you learn new stuff and you add more stuff to that list of how to be the best athlete you can be. And I was, ooh, I was so obsessed with like getting all this stuff done that I wasn't enjoying my life. I was beating myself up every day. Like my self-talk was super negative. And I have a sports psych too who also helped me with this. Like my self-talk yeah. was negative. Like Krista, like all you have to do is this to be the best athlete you can be. Like, why are you doing it? So I was always beating myself up. And so the first factor was letting that go, like letting go of the perfectionist and just being like, okay, just do the training Danny's prescribes you. Literally, there's three things on your grid for the day. You don't have to add freaking yoga and core and all this other shit that takes forever. That's so, so funny. Oi, oi, yeah. Carissa, let me just show you something. Give me 10 seconds. I'm going to show you this because I feel like you're describing me. And this, I feel like you'll appreciate it. Just give me 10 seconds. I'm going to get the, this board yeah. to I got to grab a charger too, so that's fine. No, go for it. Okay. This is making great viewing, isn't it? You getting your charger and me getting my board. But uh, yep. I reckon, I, I honestly, I noticed the, uh, I noticed that this intensity towards like trying to improve things as well. So each time I think of like another area of my life, I don't mm -hmm. know why it's all been accumulated on this board, but look at this. Like this is all the things I'm like, all right, I just got to try and do some of these things each week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With like a little, a little circle around the That's ones exactly that are the most <laughs> it's so funny so it makes me so happy to hear that there's uh there's, there's other people like yourself who are who are functioning really well who have to wrestle with that same thing but you just mentioned that there's like it's such an easier approach when you say okay i'm just going to do three things today like carissa focus on these three things how much easier is life when you eliminate like all the excess and just focus on the essential stuff i don't know if you've heard much of uh of the minimalists Mm -hmm. i've heard but a little the, bit of it yeah but but the minimalist like two two american guys that uh they have super practical helpful information with like just eliminating the excess and focusing on the essential and it's yeah. like the one message that i just constantly come back to because uh i feel as i share that in common with you a little bit i've got the uh i've got the tendency if i'm not careful just to go towards like all right let's just chuck another thing on the list yeah exactly and i think it's like, so what I've done with myself is like, I have these three things that I really want to do today. Like I need to do my training. I need to do some door dashing. Cause I haven't had a job in a couple, in two months. And uh, Wait, what's to, what is door dash? I don't even know what door dash is. Oh my God. It's amazing. I make $30 an hour. It's insane. What is it? In Seattle. It's like, it's basically Uber eats. It's just a different app. And in Seattle, they have all these extra charges to pay the delivery drivers. Well, and like, I've never had a job pay this well before besides, you know, Brooks. $30 an hour, man. That, that is good. And are you getting like, so you're paid on an hourly basis, not on like a delivery basis? No, it's on a delivery basis. So every time I get to interact with the customer, I try to get that tip. You know, I'm super nice. I'm friendly. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Like you just drive, you pick up the food and drop it off. <laughs> yes. People I'm pay sure. $30 to get food delivered to their door. So you get like 10 bucks of that. That is awesome. That is, and what? So that's right, because you guys, you guys are really big tippers as well. That's something no one here does. So what? Oh, you're yeah. there, and I'm sure with your personality, like a a couple of fl like flatters of the eyelids and like a big smile and a conversation, what you're you're leaving there with uh, with plenty of tips. 
Yeah, but the problem is the mask is really holding me back, man. I'm like, damn, like I need to get a clear mask. They can't see my smile. They just see the eye crinkle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I cut you off at your I cut you off at your second thing. So you were yeah, you're training, your door dash. And then I think there was one more thing that you're about to tell me. Oh, uh, like uh, I, uh, I'm studying to go to medical school, so the MCAT. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I that's try pretty to intense. Three things in. Yeah, because I really like I love like all the different aspects of life, like growing physically and mentally and spiritually. Like I try to cover those bases every day at the minimum, at the mm. minimum, and like you know income. I need income. <laughs> <laughs> but and then like if I ever want to do something else, like there's the list where there's the extra stuff that I can do like if I want to but I only do it if I want to because you can only make yourself do so much in a day if like all day you're just forcing yourself to do stuff you don't really want to do it's gonna just make you miserable like honestly yeah it's such a good point what, what when you say spiritually like what kind of stuff are you doing there um so I guess I call myself a modern Christian because I don't hold a lot of the beliefs that are kind of uh judgmental I suppose or like I view judgmental uh, and I try to like read something every day that like grows my, myself spiritually, even if it's not from Christianity itself. Cause I think a lot of religions have a lot of great things to offer. Cause mm -hmm. I just think having a good spiritual base and like belief in your core values, it really grounds you. Cause at the end of the day, if you have a shit day, you can be like, all right, was I the best person I could be today? Like, did I, did I make the world a better place today? Or, or at the very least not make it a worse place, you know? Yeah. So and even if it's just like with a smile or a friendly conversation, I really believe like putting positive energy in the world is what you're supposed to do. And I also accept other people's beliefs. Like there's a lot of my friends who don't believe you have to be nice to everyone. And I'm like, that's fine. But like, I really think you should be kind to people. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Who's an example? Like who's a, when you say modern, like a modern version of Christianity, who are some people that, that you read or you listen to that sort of fit into that category a little more? They're honestly not... Like I have, I joke with my friends that I'm starting a new religion called Christianity. <laughs> I'm getting the, I, just based on your Instagram for everyone who hasn't seen Chris's Instagram yet, I'm getting the vibe that you've got plenty of plays on your word, uh, on, on your name. Oh, so yeah, what, yeah, what's your yeah. name? Merry Christmas Merry and Christianity. No, I like it. Yeah. Sorry. I've and cut you, you off. Know, there's the Caribou and you know, this is a little blasphemous, but I call myself Christ sometimes. <laughs> Only I'm, when you've ticked off all the things on your list. Basically, and then I have a joke of the holy cross, which is where I like flip someone off and fit both ways. <laughs> and we have one like really, like really conservative religious guy on the team who just every time I do it, he's just like, "You were doing so well until you said that." <laughs> I don't like do that. But yeah, I really like C.S. Lewis. I don't agree with like everything, but his it's really his stuff is really really good. Like I'm very thoughtful because I'm I'm from the south, so there's a lot of like religious stuff that. Was, it seems more brainwashy it's like well where's the logic in this like please yeah. explain and there's like no logic in it I I'm a scientific based person so like I almost just moved away from it completely but then I read some C.S. Lewis and I was like this guy is literally making a logical standpoint on Christianity which I couldn't explain myself but he does it so well in all his writing and I also really like Hen Henry Drummond he's a Scottish guy actually he wrote something called the greatest gift in the world and that book is amazing so there's a couple of authors that i really I, I, like i promise i'm not just saying this just because you've mentioned his name and it's definitely not the book you refer you're probably referring to something like me christianity with c.s lewis oh, but I I, i've literally i'm halfway through the line the witch in the wardrobe because can you believe i've never read it i'd never read it as a kid that's a great one too i'm literally halfway through and i can't remember what the name of his first book is 
but um which is terrible, but I, I just finished that. And then I'm just going through the Narnia series. It's so funny. I'm a 34 year old man. It just feels strange that I'm uh, enjoying the line, the witch in the wardrobe so much. But, no, it's a great book. Like he's a very really intelligent is. writer, like for any age. Do you know Richard Raw? No. Richard Raw, check, he's got a, uh, like a really, uh, a really, I, I guess his most well-known book. It's called Falling Upward. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I reckon, I reckon you'd be a bit of a fan of Rich Raw. Yeah, I would definitely look into that. I'll send you. I'll send you a link off. when we finish. But um, yeah, he's yeah, a, I, I, um, none of my pencils have like lead. It's kind of bad. They're all for <laughs> show. I'll, te- I'll text it. I'll message it to you when we uh, when we finish up. But um, mm-hmm. uh, see, that was a random. I told you I'll take you on random rabbit holes, and here we are. And then I got to figure out how we got here and how to get out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, because this is about running, right? <laughs> apparently, and now we're talking about Lime Witch in the Wardrobe, and I'm confused, and I'm supposed to Wait, be the guy running this show. Podcast? Yeah, I'm not sure. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently. Um, what did I want to ask you? Oh, the, that's right. We we're talking about mindset a little bit before. Yeah, like finding and, uh, happiness and running without success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was. I, that's how we got onto it. You were talking about like yeah. the um, that spiritual side, but I was interested in um, like whether or not you had any little practical strategies that you use on a daily basis, just to check in with yourself, like to, to make sure that there's no real negative vibes taken over. Or there's no real, um, I often find, especially the last couple of years through the whole COVID thing, I've caught myself a few times being like, man, you're a jerk. Like you're so angry, Like you're so grumpy. This is not you. And, um, and a couple of people close to me called me out on it as well. I was like, Oh no, I thought I was just overanalyzing the situation. So I had to like really bring myself in check and go, all right, like I need to I need a couple of things just to be able to keep myself accountable. So do you have, do you have those kind of things? Like whether it's meditation or whether it's, I don't know, whatever Carissa's version of, of yeah. you know, maintaining the positive mindset is because you seem to be doing a great job. I'm trying to think, I mean, you can't be positive. If you're not enjoying your life. So you just got to find a way to enjoy your life. And I think, cause I, I wasn't this positive last year. Like I wasn't negative, but I was like, I was pretty neutral. I felt like I was like, who am I now? Like, I don't feel like myself. And once I started incorporating things in my life to make myself enjoy it more, it it helped a lot. So I think, but as far as like staying on track of who I want to be, like when I wake up in the morning, I have like one or two things that I've written down that help inspire me. Like, so whatever I struggled with the day previously, I'll write something down to look at the next day to be like, all right, we're going to be better about this. Like, I'm trying to remember what I have written down, but yeah, we just like write down like, Hey, this is what really matters. This is what you're trying to achieve today. Go do that. And then Mm. at the end of the day, not every day, but most days I'll have like three things that I could have done better in the day, but then also three things that I'm grateful for. So like recognizing I could be better and then also recognizing how lucky I am. And that's helped me a lot as well. But honestly, the biggest thing is just enjoying my life, like enjoying like everyone has different things they enjoy but like if if you go through like obviously there's gonna be bad days but if you go through like months and months of your life and you look back and you're like I didn't enjoy that like there's a difference between being being depressed and not enjoying like being depressed is a really really bad place but also not enjoying your life is sad too like you may not not, might not be depressed like or but it's still like you could be optimizing your life in a way where you really enjoy it instead of just you're just getting through every day Mm. yeah that's a really good point that's a really good point. Hey, I'm curious, just for the last um, the last few minutes, I had a couple of sort of rapid fire questions I wanted to throw to you. Just okay. some real some real practical ones that are, are, I think are super related to the running scene that always just try and leave like a couple of uh, real little nuggets with, uh, with the guys that are listening to this. But um, 
just out of curiosity. So I don't know how long you've been. I think I read that you started running when you were like eight, maybe. Yeah, eight. I ran a 5K in 26 minutes. It was, it was great. As an eight-year-old? Yeah, yeah. That's insane. I know, I know. I, ta- I was a prodigy, man. I don't know what happened. You were, you were a prodigy. That is, that is incredible. So what's, how old are you now? 20... 25. 25. So what's that? 17, 17. Okay, so in your 17 years of, uh, of running training or of, of running, um, yeah. like what, are, what do you feel like a couple of just really helpful practical things that you've learned are? Like is there anything that if you had to boil down like all of your wisdom in the world of running, Oh, you could man. Tell yourself a few years ago. I probably should have prepped you for this question because I would have no idea what I would say. But you uh, seem to be thinking on your feet, so I'll uh, I'll throw it at you with confidence and just sit back and uh, and watch you try and find something. Yeah, I need one of the things. I think I've said this before. But one of the things I would tell myself, at least as a high schooler, like is like don't be afraid to reach out to be better, like. I think what, like the turning point for me in my career was when I found someone who knew how to become a great athlete. Cause if you don't know what it looks like to become a great athlete, it's probably not going to happen. Like I got really lucky in college. Like I think I still would have been really good, but I had the turning point was I had a coach who was really, really good. And there was a guy on the team who was really, really good. And he knew how to work hard. He knew how to be disciplined. And they like kind of showed me the ropes. Like find if you really want to be great, find that person to show you the ropes like always look for someone like if someone's better than you ask them for advice how they got there Mm. like don't maybe not don't do everything like religiously like they do but like seek out people who are better than you don't be afraid to ask like I feel like a lot of people are too proud to ask people who are better than them for help but you have to have like if you really want to be great in running or anything I think honestly like you have to have this childlike mindset where you're always like begging to learn more because when you stop learning you're going to stop growing even in running like I'm still listening to podcasts of all these other athletes and how they got better and like I know I'm not number one in the world but I'm still getting better as mm. an athlete so I think that's really important is to like because I don't know if your question is for like if you want to be really good or no that was a perfect that was a perfect answer no no I was just interested to know like it was a it was probably a bit of a broad question but yeah essentially you answered what I was wondering which is just like what what advice would you give to someone based on all your years of of running experience that's a that's an awesome answer who are a couple of those people that you really look up to now I just listened to a Lex Friedman podcast with uh George St. Pierre oh yeah that was it was really good I was like this guy is awesome like people who are really mentally hardened or like people who I really look up to because I think I can be really really tough but I also like I know how much it hurts to be that tough so I'm like really timid like oh I really don't want to do that (laughs) so people who are like I don't care about pain I'm doing this they're like oh my god that guy's amazing like people who step in a ring literally get their ass beat I'm like Cause that's where race is. Like you, you, you're going into this race and you know, you're about to hurt like hell, but you do it anyways. Mm. And it's just, it's impressive to me. Like I, when I step on the start line, I'm terrified out of my mind of the pain. Like it's not even the results that scare me the most. It's the pain that I know I'm about to have to go through, but that's also what I love about running. It's like every day I'm going out there, I'm facing my fears. Like I'm being brave and I'm overcoming that thing that really terrifies me. So people who do that, and successfully that it's really impressive to me and even honestly even my teammate marta like she slams every single workout like 
it's like she's like oh yeah bring on the pain I want it and I'm just like I don't <laughs> but it's inspiring to see it's like yeah I want to be that hardcore person who's like I love pain like I want to be a masochist but I'm just not <laughs> so what's your training partner's name is it Marta yeah I have a couple training partners but usually I line up with Marta yeah okay well is she is she the uh the girl who just pipped you in the 800 the other day is that no that was Lori Marta's the one who beat me in the 1500 she finished just before Jessica Hole she got second uh at this last race and she's also an Olympian for Portugal oh wow mm-hmm Man, very nice. Uh, see, I didn't know that Seattle had such a reputation for uh, for having great athletes. Like whenever I think of uh, the US and the running scene, I'm always thinking like Boulder, Colorado. Um, yeah, yeah. Boulder, like, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Like Seattle's, uh, you've been, obviously, like we've touched on the fact it was a bit of a roller coaster your first couple of years for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But like looking back from the, the running perspective, the last couple of years, it's um, like it's a pretty cool place to train. Yeah, it's, I think it's a phenomenal place to train. I mean, Brooks is the only team here, but I feel like people are starting to notice it's actually, I mean, you want to get out in the winter. The winter sucks. Like we go to Albuquerque for a month during the winter, Yeah. but uh, it's a great place to train. The trails are absolutely phenomenal. Like this is breathtaking, the views. Like we have this one run that's 45 minutes outside of town and like you're literally running alongside this mountain and you look and like you can see other mountains and you're just like on this bridge swerving and it's, it's, pitch, it's picturesque. It's not yeah. Bruton, Alabama. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What, what's it called? Bruton, Alabama, where you're from? Yep. Bruton. Is that not picturesque? Or are you saying it really is picturesque? I mean, it's cute, but it's like it's just a bunch of trees. <laughs> There's no mountains. It's completely flat. <laughs> like, I think everything has beauty. It's just Seattle has such an epic beauty. It's like in your face. Wow. You know? Like, I feel yeah. like Alabama is like a, a, I don't know, a chihuahua. Like some people are like, you, what the hell? And then <laughs> Seattle's like a husky and everyone's just like, this is just amazing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I like that's, dogs a lot. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. That, that's a good reference to me as well because so do I. Chihuahuas, I understand. I understand the analogy. Um, no, awesome. That's really good. I've never been to Seattle, but I, uh, I'm, once things settle down, I'm pretty keen. Like we're, we're going to try and get back over and see my brother-in-law in the States and hopefully see a few more places so if uh, if i'm around if i make it to seattle or wherever you are we'll line up a run or whatever because it'd be good to good to catch up but oh yeah that was that was awesome thanks thanks so much for stopping by for an hour and having a chat honestly your, your energy is uh, it's super infectious and um, your attitude's super super infectious as well so hey, uh, as a as a person who's trying to bring some positivity to the world you're doing a you're doing an awesome job i get that vibe just through looking at your instagram i was like man this chick's bringing heaps to the table so thank you awesome awesome work That's thank the goal. you so much no you're doing great um yeah, honestly, hey i was half afraid that you thought i was Chris swicer i'm like if he thinks i'm swicer i'm just gonna go along with it for a little bit <laughs> if he thinks you're what if i thought you were i thought you thought i was Chris swicer for a second i was like i you know what he <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll go on and I'll just pretend like I'm Swisher for a while. No, but... you just claim it. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, this is terrible. I don't even know who that is. Are you serious? I cross my heart. <laughs> who she's is it? Like, she's like a really good girl from the US. Okay. She, I'm uh, gonna, maybe, uh, maybe I'll reach out to her and invite her on. <laughs> yeah, she has the American record in the 3K, I think. Uh, oh, she made name? the Olympics. Swisher. Carissa Swisher. I don't deserve to host a podcast. That's despicable. 
yeah, is this a is this a running podcast? No, it's a religion podcast. We've already yeah, established that. <laughs> so please all follow right. Christianity. I will post a blog on all my beliefs, and uh, yeah, it's good to go. Amen, amen. No, that's so good. No, I definitely didn't think you were. Uh, Kurt Schleiser. I'm not, I don't know. Names is oh, sure fine. Yeah, I would like to apologize. Yeah. To I've never gotten that before, so it feels really good. I'd like to apologize to every American female athlete just for who whose names no, I'm every butchered. every American, every American man. You gotta <laughs> apologize to everyone. <laughs> right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you go, but that was a uh, that was a really fun hour. Hey, thanks again. Hey, anytime. I had a lot of fun too. See you later.